You're listening to Comedy Central. Every sport has been canceled, so men have to just live with themselves. Like, I called my friend up. I was like, what, what you been up to, man? He's like, I'm just, I'm just, uh... Working on me, man. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's that's great, man. He's like, I realize I got a lot of daddy issues, a lot of, a lot of jealousy in my life. Pause for another second. He's like, I just want to tell you, I, I love you, man. I, just, I don't say it enough. And I was like, man, this is a great virus. This is a good virus. We all need this. Hello, everybody. That was Ethan Simmons Patterson, and I am Tom Takar. You might not be familiar with my voice yet. I'm uh, replacing Chris D. We did a whole episode where we talked about it, but it kind of didn't seem appropriate to play something that wasn't relevant to this corona shit. We've gone into complete quarantine work. Stand-up comedy is not happening in its live form right now it's it's happening on instagram and stuff like that i'm joined uh, right now by producer extraordinaire coach t how are you buddy i'm doing well how are you doing tom good man this is crazy are you quarantined uh not really because you're still working right i'm working more than i have ever worked <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> well it's a good time for coach t i guess but the rest of us are fucked up. <laughs> uh i appreciate you coach t so I want to use this podcast right now to show people some clips of comedy they might not have heard before from comedians they might love or maybe they've never heard before. So I have some some clips I'm really excited to show people. But I feel like this is a great time for you guys to discover comedy you didn't know before. I know for me, in times of trauma as a kid, I, I really turned to comedy. I think this show will be a good way to highlight comedians that you can support just by listening to their stuff. Um, just by checking someone's Spotify out enough or their Pandora station, that that increases their revenue. So little stuff like that, and then I'll give you albums you can check out. But uh, I hope this helps you in some way during this time because I know for me I'm already going stir-crazy, and, you know, we're only a, a week into this thing. So who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe it'll be shorter than we hope. But uh, in the meantime, I hope comedy helps you guys the way it helps me. And I picked some clips today that – for me, I really turned to silly comedy, especially after 9-11. I remember just not being able to escape media coverage of it, and it was really depressing to me. And I'm sorry if that's doing that to you right now with this, but that's what I'm hoping these clips will help you escape a little bit from. And I picked two of my favorite comedians to open up. So this first clip is from John Mulaney, and I'm sure if you're listening to the show, you know a lot about John Mulaney, and if not, I envy you because you have a lot of stuff to listen to. But his first album, I think a lot of people don't know about because it wasn't turned into a special. I think maybe some of it's on his half hour, but uh, there's a lot of great stuff in his first album called The Top Part from 2009. One of my fr- one of my favorite comedy albums of all time. I used to show this to people on long drives, and it's uh, one of the first things I showed my mom in stand-up that we both just loved. Um, this is... Math and King Solomon. And the other clip we're going to play for you is Norm MacDonald, The News. I hope you enjoy it. I wasn't very good in school when I was younger, and my worst subject was math. And I went to this grade school where they did this thing one year where they decided to uh, divide all the kids up 
into two different math groups, right, based on your abilities. And the first group that you could be in was called the Blue Angels. And it was named after the famous aviators. And the other group was called Group Two. Oh, we were a swell bunch of kids in Group Two. The best part of it is, we picked the name ourselves. The teacher was like, hey, what are we gonna call you, Group Two? And we were like, ah, bingo, you got it right there. Four and five is 12, and we're done for the day. I went to a Catholic uh, grade school when I was younger, uh, and we had to like learn a new Bible story every single week. And uh, it was this Bible study class, although it wasn't called Bible study class, it was called religious studies. Uh, we mainly studied one religion. There wasn't a lot of like Hinduism or anything in there. So you'd learn a Bible story uh, like backwards and forwards and then we'd like present on them at the end of the week. And so a lot of them are still burned into my brain, you know? Also, there's like a lot of weird stuff going on in there. Like the story of um, King Solomon and the baby. Do you guys remember that one? If you don't, I'll take you through the details. <laughs> so in the Bible, uh, King Solomon, he's like the wise king of Israel and these two women bring him a baby, and they say, uh, King Solomon, we both claim that this is our baby. What are you gonna do? And Solomon says, well, we will cut the baby down the middle. And the first woman says, oh, okay. <laughs> and the other woman says, no, don't cut the baby down the middle. And King Solomon says to her, ah, ha, 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 congratulations. You have proven yourself to be the real mother. <laughs> A couple things with that. One, who is this first woman that's like, yeah, cut the baby in half. That sounds like a good idea. Like, what kind of awful bitch has just stolen a baby? She stole a baby. And then the first time she's asked about it, she's like, look, I'll take what I can get. Can I get the legs? I'll take the legs. She can have the top part. She is so fucked up that she calls the head the top part. Secondly, that he knew it was the real mother because she knows not to cut a baby in half. Yeah, I think most people would come to that conclusion. Like even if I was just like walking down the street and there was someone about to saw a child in half, I would be like, hey, why don't you not do that? And he'd be like, oh, you must be the father. Congratulations. You have passed my test.
Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? I always watch the news, and I'll tell you something about the news. I don't understand it. But it's for some reason I watch it. I don't even know why, but uh, I think I'm supposed to or something. So I'll watch it, and then the guy will come on, and he'll go, anyways, today the deficit. And then I'll go, ah, ha, ha, I've heard that word. <laughs> and the guy goes, today the Dow Jones NASDAQ Composite Index is uh, down. And then I go, ah, that's not good. <laughs> down. Up, I like when it's up. <laughs> That's my opinion on the... <laughs> Seems like there's too much news, like, you know, because now they have 24-hour news. Now, when I was a young boy, the news was half a hour. That was the whole news, you know? And a guy would come on, and he'd have a tie, you know, and shit, and he would say the news. And it was a half a hour long. Now, it's 24 hours long. Now, it turns out that back in the old days when it was only half a hour, they had it about right. That's about all the news there is. <laughs> Even then, there'd always be like a story, some fucking story at the end about a caribou or some horse shit. So there wasn't even enough to fill the half a hour. But 24 hours, way too long. So they have to keep repeating stories all the time and everything, and uh, they'll make up stories, you know? They do that a lot, make up things that aren't really news stories, but they have to, you know, fill the 24 hours, you know? And the one I noticed that they make up a lot, uh, this is the latest one I've seen. I see this all the time on the news. The newsman will come on, he'll go, he'll go, good evening, everybody, this is the newsman. Whatever he says, he's not gonna say that. <laughs> and he goes, our top story tonight, a lady has vanished. That's the story. And then he goes, let's go outside where there's another guy. So then they cut to outside. And then there's a guy outside and he's like, hey, listen, how's it going inside? We're outside and uh, we found out about this lady that vanished. Her name was Janice and uh, they found her car here in the Taco Bell parking lot. And uh, don't worry about the car, it's fine. But uh, can't find hiding her hair of the lady. Well, back to you. So, so then you're watching, you go, well, I don't give a fuck on account I never knew Janice in the first place. Matter of fact, I'm kind of happy it's Janice and not somebody I know. <laughs> but then what they do is they start telling you about Janice, you know? And they go, hey, we got found out some cool things about Janice. And you're like, no, that's cool. I don't want to hear it. They go, no, no, you want to hear it. <laughs> they can't help themselves. So they go, let's go back to Bill. He's, uh, he's uh, still outside. And uh, how's it going, Bill? And Bill's like, it's all right. It's no inside, but it's cool. And uh, anyways, we found out about Janice. Turns out she's a good lady. And uh, we found some friends of hers, and here they are. And then sure enough, they show a lady, and it says, friend of Janice. And uh, she says, I'll tell you something about Janice. You want to hear about Janice? Janice is a type of lady that you could always turn to. You know, you ever want to turn to somebody? Like if you got a problem or something, 
And you, you, know, you feel like you want to turn? <laughs> you ever do that? Or maybe your neck just hurts and you want to anyways. The point of it is that once you swiveled your head over this way, the person you'd most want to see in your eyeline would be Janice. <laughs> and then they have Jan another friend of Janice that wasn't the first one. And she'll go, I'll tell you, Janice, oh my God. She was the type of lady that she could walk into a room and light up the whole room, you know? And she didn't have a fucking light or nothing like that. She would just somehow, through sheer tyranny of will, she could somehow <laughs> illuminate a room. I don't know. And that'd be Janice's third friend lady that's not one of the earlier two. And then she goes, I'll tell you about Janice. Is that who you're asking me about, Janice? Janice was the type of lady that you could be talking to your best friend in the whole world, and then Janice come in and you go, fuck you, I'm talking to Janice. Because <laughs> Janice is better than you. Come on, let's face it. She's better than all of us. So anyways, then you're at home, and you start liking Janice, you know what I mean? You start getting invested in her, you go, god damn, that Janice is cool lady. I would, I would like to meet her one day. That would be a lot of, fuck, I forgot she vanished. <laughs> Ah, just my luck. <laughs> They'll find her. <laughs> then you get hope. That's not good. I don't give a fuck what Obama says. Hope is never good. <laughs> don't try it. it. Never works out. <laughs> so you go, you go, oh man, they'll find Janice. They're putting pictures up of her on telephone poles. I think that had worked once. And, <laughs> and then the news keeps showing you more things about Janice, you know? And they'll show you like the video, home videos of her. You're like, God damn, look at that. She's eating a pizza. <laughs> I like her hair like that. <laughs> they'll find her. And then you become obsessed with Janice. It's all you can think of, you know? You're at work, fucking just can't wait to get home, agonizing over Janice, you know, and thinking about her with eating pizza and shit. And then you go home and your nights are just a fevered dreams of, you know, Janice and bangs and shit like that. And, and you, all you can do is turn on the TV and hope and, you know, and then one day, you know, they go, hey, more news on Janice. Here's the bill. He's still outside. And then Bill is like outside and he's like, here we are. Uh, where, as you can see behind me, they are scouring the woods. They're still searching for Janice, you know? And then you go, oh, fuck, not the woods. You know, that's not... <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the woods. <laughs> I've seen enough of these fucking stories to know <laughs> that Janice ain't coming bounding out of the woods anytime soon. That's a... She's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? I, I'm just taking a stroll through the woods. What are you taking my picture for? I just, just, I just take a stroll through the scraggly woods. Now, if they find you in the woods, they always find you in the same place. Every time, they will find you in a uh, shallow grave. <laughs> I don't know why they don't just look there in the first place. But... <laughs> That's... 
If I was the police chief, I'd go, listen, I want every shallow grave in the vicinity checked out. I want to clear out this case by Tuesday on account of I'm running for DA or whatever. But uh, doesn't shallow grave seem a mite rash? You know, like these serial killers are supposed to be so shrewd and cunning and everything, you know? At least according to the TV movies I've seen. And, uh, but then when it comes time for the grave, they get a little hasty, you know? They're like, there you go, three twigs and a leaf. That ought to do it. That doesn't look like Janice anymore. I don't recall Janice ever wearing three leaves and a twig. Oh, well. Guess I'll come home and await the authorities now. <laughs> you gotta prepare these things, you know? You gotta be a little smarter than that. You know, what I would do, and I would never, ever kill a lady in cold blood. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know I say that now, I don't really know. I, don't, I can't predict the future, but I don't believe. I, I know there's no river long enough doesn't contain a bend, but I believe that right now, and it might just be vanity, I don't think I would, uh, I would kill a woman in cold blood. But if I did, I would plan it out very carefully, you know, because there's a lot at stake. You know, you think about it, you probably, you know, probably lose your job, I don't know what happens. That's a blemish on the old CV, you know. Even in today's enlightened society, there remains a stigma to being a uh, psychosexual sadist. <laughs> but uh, what I would do is I would, like, I would look at the lady, I would select a lady, and then I would follow her habits. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I would watch her very carefully, you know? And I'd go, hey, I notice that every day she goes to that cheese sandwich shop, and then she comes out with a little paper bag. I'll bet you anything there's a cheese sandwiches in there. You know? So then I keep that in my head, you understand? Then I'd say, hey, I notice every Wednesday evening, she goes with her other lady friends and they go down to the YWCA and they play basketball with each other, which is fine nowadays, you know? So what I would do is, on Wednesday, I would go down to the YWCA, and what would I be uh, holding in my right hand in the parking lot but a cheese sandwich? <laughs> so then she would eventually come out of the YWCA, you know, all sweaty with her, uh, you know, her ridiculous three-colored ball and everything there, you know? And then I'd be standing there. And then she'd go, hey, what's in your right hand? And I'd go, nothing. I'd be coy, you know? And she'd go, she'd go, there's something in your right hand. I'd go, listen, lady, who knows more about what's in their right hand? You or me? I believe, oh, this. Now, this is just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like it or something? What's... I got a whole fucking van full of them over there. Right over there. Yeah, yeah the, that craziest looking fucking van you ever saw? That's filled with cheese sandwiches.
You don't have to have cheese sandwiches in the van, by the way. If you're, uh, unless you want to be known for your detailed work. It's not, it's not really necessary. Then I would get the lady in the van and I would drive her to a remote area, an area most known for its remoteness. That's what I would look for. And anyways, I'd take her to the remote area where I had constructed a shed and then I would get her in there and I would do that thing that makes me feel like God. And, uh, and then her screams would just bounce off the walls and echo out into nowhere and never touch the ear of civilized man again. And then I would take her body to the woods and bury her in a very, very, very deep grave. Most of my preparation. I would start digging the grave before I chose the victim. A couple years before, I'd be out digging a grave. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back on Comedy Central Stand Up with Tom Takar. Um, that was John Mulaney's Math and King Solomon. And again, that was on the top part. You can hear that whole album uh, wherever you get albums, Spotify, whatever. It's a, it's a solid album front to back. And the other track you heard was The News from Norm MacDonald's uh, album. I believe it's called Me Doing Stand Up. It's tr- truly one of the best albums of all time. Um, it's crazy that he doesn't have more. But if you're like me... You find comfort in just YouTubing Norm Macdonald and going down the old uh, rabbit hole. He's he's so good, and just the the subtle punchlines within that thirteen minute clip are. It's just like he's like a boxer where it's these little bumps the whole way, just with the way he talks. It's so funny. Um, so yeah, that was Norm and John Mulaney. Um, I'm gonna play a lot of clips that are very dark and very silly, and I think that those two clips. Both represent that a lot. Those are my favorite types of comedy. Um, and speaking of dark, another one of my favorite comics, Bonnie McFarlane. So funny. She just put out a new album uh, that I hope you guys pick up. Um, in the meantime, Comedy Central has a lot of recordings of her, too. She has a half hour on Comedy Central along with a This Is Not Happening set. And we have this clip from her at the Comedy Cellar that I really love. Uh, Bonnie's one of the funniest Um and here's a clip from her at the Comedy Cellar, along with we're going to play a clip from This Week at the Comedy Cellar featuring Joe DeRosa, all about uh, coronavirus. And it's really crazy. This clip from Joe shows how great live comedy can be because he finds out information while the show has started about corona and is able to to present it to the audience and then kind of joke about it. And it's it's really interesting to hear. It's one of my favorite things about this week at the Comedy Cellar and what it provides is just the topicality of being able to just do material that's in the moment. And I think it really 
helps an audience, you know, receive information in a in a fun way. Uh, it's it's really fun. This is the last week of this week at the Comedy Cellars this Friday, so check that out. But you can get the rest of it on demand, and you can see all these clips. Um, a lot, or you can see a lot of these clips on demand on uh, Comedy Central's YouTube page, Comedy Central Stand Up on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, share these clips now more than ever because. It really helps out comics to have their names get around for people to check out their albums. Tom, so for anybody that is unfamiliar with the uh, This Week at the Comedy Cellar, can you kind of explain that? You know, there's a lot of people looking for new entertainment. What exactly is that show? Sure. If you haven't seen This Week at the Comedy Cellar yet, it's really a great show. It's worth checking out. And more than uh, you can watch short clips on Instagram and on YouTube, but watching the full episodes, you get to see what it's like to be at the Comedy Cellar in New York. And especially at a time where you can't see live comedy, it's really a nice way to take a vacation to New York without going there and see what it's like on a nightly basis at the Comedy Cellar with material that is relevant to now, especially right now, because like I said, they're... um, they're entering their last week this Friday uh, of the show. So you can go back and watch throughout the whole season. It's kind of interesting. You can watch how all these stories have kind of evolved into this. Uh, but also, you can just see great stand-up. It's not just topical. There's um, there's also just great showcases of comics on it who work at the Comedy Cellar. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I think the Comedy Cellar is the, is the best place in the world to see comedy. And it's it's great that you have a chance to be able to see it still. I, I have I've been DJing for a while and I've been in comedy clubs and things like that. And and I and I like to think that I'm pretty decent when it comes to comedy. But um Tom Takar is one of the greatest comedic <laughs> library minds that I have ever been around. And this is real shit. So Tom, you have like a special way of kind of like uh of hooking people up. Like I've never had so many, you know, so many references to, to comedy. Why is it that you're so good at comedy or why do you know so much? I am a comedy nerd. Like I, I watched, I've watched probably thousands of hours of comedy. I'm not kidding. When I, the comedy club, in my hometown opened, I used to just go there and be a leech. I would just sit there. I would clean tables so that I could hang out and just absorb as much as I could and before that I would watch all the time on you know I I was a very um I I a shut-in kid kind of so I got to uh spend a lot of time watching half hours and watching people's specials I used to watch stand-up constantly I used to and I used to watch the documentary comedian from Seinfeld every night before bed which like or not before bed, every every time before I'd do stand-up. And I watched Jim Gaffigan's hour every night before I'd go to bed just because it was very comforting to me. I don't know. I, and I also love comics. That's the other reason I wanted to do this is that I love stand-up comedians. They're my favorite people to, to be around. Well, so Spotify has their algorithm. If you like this, you'll probably like this. I want to do that with comedians. If you like this comedian, I want to be able to send you to another comedian who's not maybe it's popular, but who deserves a lot of credit. They have an algorithm. I have the Tom Takargorithm, as uh, Chloe from Comedy Central has coined, and I love it. So, hey, like I said, DM me for recommendations, and I'm happy to do it. I just, I just want people to enjoy comedy as much as possible. 
I'm an atheist, I'm a feminist, I'm a vegan, let's have some fun. Uh, people are like, I want my money back. This is not what I signed up for. I am a vegan, do we have vegans here tonight? That's what they sound like, and then they go right to sleep. <laughs> it's late, you need to have your lentils. It's, uh, I love being a vegan. It's uh, no animal or animal byproduct of, I do, I eat eggs because I'm also pro-choice. And it's important to me. <laughs> I love animals, that is the, I just, I have a dog that I love so much, it's crazy. I have a kid and a husband, but I love my dog so much. But she has a few issues, like she's codependent, if I leave the house, she gets crazy. She gets so mad, she barks and freaks out. But the coolest thing about my dog is that she, she never holds a grudge. When I come back, she's always so happy to see me. She's never sitting on the couch. Well, well, well. <laughs> Look who decided to come back. My dog smokes, that's the bad. She's a rescue, so she still has some of the behaviors. I love Summer, because I love Bird watching. I, I, I know people think that's so weird, but I do, I just got into it so much. And uh, I even, a couple years ago, I started studying bird calls. I know, but now, <laughs> when I go outside, I, I, I hear when I go, that's a bird. <laughs> I can differentiate them from the land animals. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I have a daughter who's 11, and uh, I think, and uh, she can't sit in the front seat, so I'm pretty sure. Um, this is the thing, if you have a kid, if you have a daughter especially, this, all you, your job is to keep them safe. You know, that's your job. You just look at the world, you're just scanning for bad people. You know, you're just, I say people, but I mean men. You're just scanning. <laughs> And all you do, you can't, you just have to judge somebody based on how they look, you know? That's the only system that we have. Like, so if a guy has a center part, I get my kid away from him. <laughs> I go, no, not today, weirdo. Not on my watch. <laughs> if a guy's wearing those shoes with individual toe slots, I go, no, you're not taking piano lessons from that guy. I don't care if he plays the piano with his feet, with his shoes on. Because you have to be aware, you have to just constantly, you know, you have to be vigilant about, look for red flags. My neighbor the other day, he's standing in his front window eating cotton candy. I called the cops. That is not an at-home food. Not one of us here has eaten cotton candy in our homes. Um, no, but toxic men are a problem, <laughs> seems like lately. And uh, this guy um, mansplained uh, the women's movement to me recently. <laughs> he was like, hey, you know what? Uh, feminists better pump the brakes on this whole equality thing because it's gonna be a disaster zone up in here. This city's gonna be underwater because the ice caps are melting. And I don't think you wanna give up that whole women and children first card just yet. I was like, that guy has a point. <laughs> Let's put our pussy heads away for a moment. Just take a step back, see where we're at. I don't want to get my hair wet. <laughs>
like, there is no women and children first card. It's just children first, and then somebody has to take care of the children, and men would rather drown. <laughs> Don't act like you gave that to us. That was your choice. No, I don't know what we're gonna do about male toxicity, but um, I'll tell you something I know about birds. Um, <laughs> only 4% of the bird population is male. It's almost all women, and it wasn't always like that. In the beginning, it was 50-50, like half women, half men. But what was happening is that these birds in the beginning had big penises, big peni. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But they did. They could still fly. That's weird. But <laughs> what the birds were doing is they were beating the female birds with their penises. Which sounds like fun to us. But the female birds didn't like it. So what they did to retaliate was they only would have sex with birds with small penises. Until they eventually like evolved male birds out of the species almost entirely. So ladies, <laughs> what I'm suggesting, <laughs> let's think long term on this. Let's go big picture for equality. <laughs> Women are like, um, we're good. I got some bad news. You guys have been down here without your phones. Tom Hanks has coronavirus. They announced it. Tom Hanks has... And nobody cares, you fucking monsters? America's father has coronavirus? This shit just got real for me. I didn't care. I didn't care. I was like, kill all the old people you want, but you don't touch Forrest Gump. You motherfucker. <laughs> my dad belongs to a church he's a deacon in a church he's a deacon in a church he said none of the people in the church want to do communion or holy water because they're scared of catching coronavirus I was like oh man this faith in God shit goes out the window real fast doesn't it when there's a virus on the table the Lord is my shepherd <laughs> Unless it's a flu, then I don't trust him. <laughs> I was out the other night with my buddy Paulie. We were in a bar, and everybody we met was real, like, dingy. You know, we were meeting a lot of whack jobs, and I turned to him, and I go, why is everybody so whacked out in this bar right now? And he goes, coronavirus. <laughs> These are the fearless. <laughs> this is the bottom of the barrel. The ones with nothing to lose. I think Netflix started coronavirus. I do. I think Netflix started coronavirus because I think Netflix was like, we got 487 TV shows coming out next Tuesday. We need people inside. <laughs> Netflix has 5,000 fucking movies and TV shows on it. I'm not in one of them. Not in one of them. I hope everybody gets this goddamn disease. Out of spite, so I finally have a shot in this business. Cancel St. Patty's Day. Cancel St. Patty's Day parades. I love that it took a deadly virus for people to realize St. Patty's Day parades aren't a good idea. 
Why couldn't this happen during SantaCon? That's my question. SantaCon, right? What a way to make the Jewish people of New York feel comfortable. It's a bunch of Christians in Santa suits, shit-faced and screaming. I live in the East Village, major SantaCon place. Uh, 10 a.m., it was popping this year. Santa's everywhere, screaming, drinking, causing a ruckus. 4 p.m. hit, nothing. Dead, quiet, because these pussies can't handle their alcohol. And let's be honest, they don't have the balls to do cocaine, okay? You put on a Santa suit and you're not doing blow, you're a fucking pussy. You're a fucking pussy. If I put on a Santa suit, I'm getting a bag. We're riding high. Yeah. I'm going to be awake for a while. Trust me. I'll be up so long, I got to put on a bunny suit. I'm going to hit Easter Sunday. Did you see they hung a Nazi flag at that Bernie rally? Yeah. Yeah. Nazis hung a swastika flag. Well, I guess that's the only kind of Nazi flag. At the Bernie, at a Bernie rally, and all the news was saying, well, this is an act of anti-Semitism. And I was like, I'm not sure it is. Nazis are real dumb. And they have a way of twisting anything into being Nazi shit. All right? Like, when I was 18, I went to an Offspring concert, and there was Nazis there. Okay? And I know what you're thinking. Finally, a hatred I can agree with the Nazis on. No. They weren't there against the offspring. They were there for the offspring, and they were twisting offspring lyrics into white supremacy meanings. Like Nazis were walking around going, pretty fly for a white guy. White, he didn't say black, he said white. We're the flyers. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're at a Bernie rally like, I like how this Jew gets how I hate Jews. He's good. He's good. He doesn't come right out and say it, but I, he gets it. <laughs> this is how childish our news is, okay? This is how childish the news is. I read about that story on CNBC's website, okay? And they said an image was captured that's circulating of a swastika flag hanging at a Bernie Sanders rally, but they wouldn't show the image. They wouldn't show the image in the article. News does that all the time. They go, hey man, something real fucked up happened, and we got a picture of it, but we're not gonna show you, because we're afraid you'll be offended. No! Show me the picture, so I don't end up on some government list, because I'm Googling two Nazi swastika party. Show me the goddamn picture. You'll read a story, it'll be like, a man was caught on video giving oral sex to a crocodile. It is wild. We're not gonna show you, though. You'll find that shit on your own. Thanks, thanks, News, for forcing me onto the dark web. Because now I can't get a crocodile getting its pussy eaten out of my fucking head right now. It's stuck in my head, I gotta say it. Biden's in the lead now. Woo! Yeah, Biden's in the lead now. Come on, you knew it was gonna happen? You knew it was gonna happen? He's an asshole. And that's what people like in a leader. We like assholes to lead us. Nobody wants to admit it, but it's the truth. 
Every president we've ever had has been an asshole. Trump is not the first. Trump's just the first to come out with his dick in his hand, like, yo, I'm a fucking asshole. You're like, I didn't know you could do it like that. All right. Biden is a dick. Remember that woman was like, you rub my shoulders. He was like, I didn't rub shit, bitch. Get the fuck out of my face. She just went away. People were like, I like this guy. This is a leader. They're all assholes. There's just different shades of asshole. Trump, Bush, they're cowboy assholes. Obama, JFK, they're boat assholes. They're smooth with their asshole. That's the only difference. JFK was an asshole. JFK would have came in your house like this. How you doing, sir? It's a pleasure to meet you. I plan on fucking your daughter this evening. <laughs> All right, son, you got my vote. <laughs> Speaking of assholes, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, yeah. Just got a DWI. Just got busted, DWI. Here's my question. How did the cops know he was drunk? Because when he's dead sober, he sounds like he's on meth. I think the cops were like, uh, I got Alex Jones here and he's making perfect sense. I think he's shit-faced. We're bringing him in. What do you think Alex Jones drinks? Wouldn't it be great if he just drank White Claw? He's in a bar like, Sandy Hook never happened. Can I have another ruby grapefruit, please? Thank you. That's good. The children are lying. You know what I miss about yellow cabs? What? You can't get a good fingering going on in the backseat of an Uber, can you? You can't. Don't groan. It's true. Remember the backseat of a yellow cab? It was like international waters back there. People were sucking and fucking and doing blow. You can't finger in a guy's Prius. You can't do it. You're gonna get a bad rating. I never give less than five stars. I always give five stars. The guy could be driving against traffic on the freeway, firing a Glock out the window. I'm like, five stars. I don't know what kind of day he's having. I'm not trying to get anybody deported. He was probably a doctor where he used to live. I feel bad. I always give five stars, unless when I'm getting out of the car, the driver goes, give me five stars. Then I'm like, you son of a bitch. How dare you tell me how to one star. And I hope you send him back to wherever he came from. Where's the ice button on this app? And I also don't care for the way Lyft talks to me. I don't like Lyft's tone in its text updates. It's always talking to me like it's my Guido boyfriend from Staten Island. Be ready outside, Anthony is two blocks away. Don't talk to me like that, Lyft. I don't have time for the bullshit, Angela. Get your ass outside. We're late. My mother's waiting. All right, guys, I got to go. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. Take care. All right, guys, that was Joe DeRosa. I hope you liked the show today. If you enjoyed it, 
like, subscribe, share. That stuff all helps. Do it with the podcast. Do it with the YouTube. You'll see more clips. There's plenty of good stuff that we have to show you. Uh, that's the show. I'm Tom Takar. Keep supporting comedy. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.